0: Hi everyone and welcome to um, rolls, Please, the 10th episode of the Heartful Podcast. I honestly am surprised how calm it's been already 10 episodes. Um, I know it's not like a crazy number, but still, it is um, the first tiny milestone we have. Yeah, it's very exciting, but I'm not gonna spend too much time doing some emotional speeches because it's not making me that emotional. I just wanted to acknowledge that because I think it's quite um it's quite nice and yeah i'll just move swiftly into um a little section of updates about what's what's been going on with me recently so the first point i actually wrote for the updates is no more freshers flu, but i don't know if you can hear like my voice is still eh i mean the thing is i finally like stopped coughing and like i finally started feeling well like around a week ago let's say but because i'm spending so much time with my other friends who are also sick like yesterday i went to a club with two of my two of my friends one of whom is on antibiotics the other one was on antibiotics but both were actively coughing at me and now i'm surprised that i'm you know i have a runny nose today like my sense of responsibility and like care for my health is nowhere to be found apparently i also have just finished because i guess it's friday when i'm recording this it's actually friday evening it's 11 pm actually on a friday night i know pretty lame that i'm staying at home but i've been going out for the last two days i'm going out tomorrow so you know might take it a bit more chill today and i honestly don't mind like i just need to wind down i just felt like staying in today obviously honestly these past two weeks have been so exhausting um as i said my classes have started so um, already done with two weeks um, of uni. I don't know when that time has passed. I feel like welcome week has just begun. Um, and it's been... I, I'd say it's been fun and hard at the same time so far. Um, you know, work hard, play hard. Am I right? Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, that was very bad. Um, but yeah, that's basically what I'm doing. So I'm working from mornings till, like, evenings, I'd say. And then, like... If I still have the energy to, I go out and I meet with people. Um, so I'm still prioritizing. I mean, maybe not prioritizing. I'm still making time for my social life. Because I definitely don't want to fall into the trap of just like doing school all the time. And not really even enjoying my life here. Because that would be pretty um sucky. Don't you agree? Yeah, but it's been... I'd, I'd say it's been a bit overwhelming. Um, Like the amount of workload especially. I've been like... You know, like, uni-wise, if I were to just, like, solely focus on university work, I think I would manage, Um, but because I'm also spending so much time on internship applications, I'm also organizing a conference uh, that's going to happen in March, I've just joined another society, I'm going to taster session. like, you know, there's other things happening, and it's quite hard to time manage between that. Um, Like, most days, I don't even cross everything off my um, to-do list, which... You know, for a little Virgo like me brings me a bit of anxiety because I like, you know, being on top of things or even in a like doing things in advance. Um, but, you know, I think I have to adjust to the realities of uni and kind of realizing that I'm not going to be able to perform to my best in everything and do everything. Um, as well as I can because sometimes you got to give up something to make room for another thing that's for well, that that's basic. that's the first of many life lessons will will um you know I'm going to try to convey on this episode it's going to be speaking of this episode it's going to be quite um I, I realized as I was writing the script for it that it's very coachy like and I hope it's not just gonna like I, I hope it will have some merit to it I mean I, I do think it has I just don't really want to come up like I don't want for it to come off as like me hyping you up and being like yes reach out for your dreams step out of your comfort zone all the growing happens outside of it um but um that's kind of like the nature of it as well of the topic itself but yeah um my last update that just came into my head is that um I saw the new James Bond movie and I saw Squid Game as well so I don't watch much TV but I try to stay on top of at least like what's very widely talked about because you know I like to be a part of it and James Bond I I really like James Bond I mean I'm not like a huge fan um personally my my dad has like the collection of all the DVDs and he watches them quite a lot like with all the actors who played him when but I'm, I'm you know I'm just like I'm 20 so I haven't really grown up watching other actors, for me, it's always been Daniel, Daniel, Daniel Craig, and I really love him as James Bond, and I'm, I'm quite sad to, um, see him leaving the role, but, um, yeah, the movie was good, I think, if you're <laughs> curious, um, it was actually the first movie I saw in London, like, in cinemas, because last week, I, uh, last year, I mean, I haven't gone to anything, so it was quite exciting, although, you know, it was just, like, a cinema, there's nothing special about it being in London, or, in my city actually I had a weird moment when I stepped into a cinema this is so random but like because as I said cinemas don't really like vary that much between one country and another like when I stepped into the cinema what is it called room I guess you know what I mean I had such a weird feeling that I'm you know in my cinema in my hometown I was like this looks exactly like it Um, it was very surreal for a second for a second then I was like okay it's quite different actually but um. Yeah, that was funny. And um, Squid Game. I loved it. Honestly, I probably would have binged it, but I started watching it with my flatmate Bay. So I kind of had to wait for her to, you know, catch up with me because I was watching more of it. Um, but the last three episodes we we watched like in uh, one after the other. It was quite. You know ever you know everyone's been talking about it and i'm pretty sure you have either heard of it or watched it already um it is quite disturbing uh, there were many scenes like i'm not that crazy sensitive i don't like scary things but i wouldn't say it was scary it was just mostly like disgusting in some like scenes you know like organs and wounds and um yeah dead bodies like not really my vibe I don't mind like blood and stuff like that or like, you know, murder. (laughs) I mean, I don't mind murder. No, you mean like I'm not sensitive to that, but more of like, you know, those kinds of stuff that I mentioned before. Um, But yeah, I would recommend it if you haven't watched it. Although I don't think it's for everyone because, as I said, quite disturbing. And I know some people will probably not be able to handle it or it will be too traumatizing for them um, to even be worth it. These updates were all over the place, Um, but that's pretty much what's been happening with me. I guess let's just move straight into the topic of today's episode, which is actually a question, and the question is, why is your comfort zone killing you? Um, I know a very provocative clickbaity title, but, you know, I don't mean it literally in a little sen- little <laughs> literal sense, but um, I do want to underline, and, you know, I think you'll get the gist of it as will like move further with the episode that i um do think that your comfort zone is a very harmful place and that's what i mean by this um a lovely tile metaphor oh my god i feel like my voice is getting just more like nosy i don't know how is that like a word but i hope you don't mind it that's just how it is and the funny thing is it's like not even it's like one hole in my nose that's stuck the other one is okay so it's just very weird for me but yeah I'm not gonna get into details I don't I'm sure you're not interested so the topics I'm gonna be talking about in today's episode is obviously comfort zone and I guess also what's outside of it and sort of why do we often decide to stay in our comfort zone what stops us from you know expanding it and also what is so harmful about it in itself as well as how to become comfortable with being uncomfortable and also regrets and the whole concept of, you know, wishing we've done other things in the past but we were scared to do them and, you know, just like my personal perspective on it all and like what lessons have I learned from stepping out of my comfort zone and why I think this topic is very very important and crucial to talk about so let's start with the basics I think the concept of comfort zone is pretty, like everyone is familiar with it it's quite like widely like often talked about subject I would say Again, very coachy, um, probably very popular with them as well. Um, like the way I would describe it, like just my personal definition would be like an imaginary circle. And within that circle is everything, be that people, activities, places, situations that we are used to, or we know what to expect from them, if that makes sense. Um, it's stuff we know, we're comfortable with, that are predictable, those sort of categories and i actually didn't even know that like i thought it was just like a concept people use to describe it but apparently it's like an actual psychological definition that i found on obviously wikipedia where else um and the definition is i you know i think it's quite interesting a comfort zone is a psychological state in which things feel familiar to a person and they are at ease and perceive they are in control of their environment, experiencing low levels of anxiety and stress. Um, so yeah, that's basically, as I said, that's a place in which you, are, you feel very much at ease. And that feeling stems from the fact that you know what to expect of your surroundings or of the situation. And you therefore don't have any unknown variables that you would have to account for. And so your mind is kind of like at rest. I would say. Like, it doesn't have to do much when you're in your comfort zone, if you know what I mean. Okay, I just made a whole small change of microphones, meaning I switched from my phone to my actual microphone, because uh, my actual microphone was out of battery once again, so I had to improvise at the beginning. So now that I've given like a general definition of it, I would like to spend a bit more time thinking about what are the reasons, like the primary reasons for which people actually stay in it because you know we we all know that it's good to step out of it but most of the time or maybe a lot of the time obviously it depends on the person we you know we have a preference a strong preference for staying in our comfort zone so i guess the question i'm asking here is even though we know about all the benefits and good things that await us outside of our comfort zone why do we make the choice the conscious choice to stay inside of it the two primary reasons for which we like it so much it's you know the the first one would be you know it's it's literally called the comfort zone um and it it's called that for a reason because it's it's very comfortable it doesn't require much of us we when we're in it we're basically acting on auto mode and as i said there's very much like a lot of comfort to be drawn from predictability and that's something i think all of us share like this feeling that you know When you go to your favorite restaurant, you know that there's going to be this thing on your menu that you always order and it's going to be tasty and you're going to be satisfied. And therefore, the whole experience, you know, runs more smoothly in your head. Whereas if you would go to like, you know, a restaurant with a totally different cuisine, you know, you may not like the food. It may be not your taste. You may, you know, waste in your head. You may think you like, well, you'll waste money or you waste time on it. But, um, and that's why you'll decide to go to, you know, your restaurant of choice. I don't know why I just made that weird example but as i'm going to be bringing up more examples of what like actual like things you can do to step out of your comfort zone or like specific examples of when i did that you're gonna realize that what i mean is not just like huge acts as in you know like moving to a new place like changing a country or or confessing your love to someone you've been having a crush for like a long time it's it's even the small like decisions we make in our daily lives even like our route to work It's also, it can be a comfort place Um, instead of like taking a new one that we may not know how it looks like, but you know, little stuff and big stuff count as well. But yeah, going back to the second reason for which I think a lot of people do stay in their comfort zone is because it's easy. It's not only comfortable, it's easy when, you know, when you think of, when making decisions about what to eat, what to wear, what to do in your spare time, if you know, it's always going to be require much less thought and attention to just go with the option that you know and you know how it's going to end up and you know that it works for you or that you're going to be again satisfied with the outcome so you just you just go for it because why bother you know going through and you know an unknown situation it's going to be difficult you're going to have to think about it actually um and yeah people you know as as humans we it's in our nature to choose oftentimes to choose the easier thing um that doesn't require more thought And I think that also very much contributes to our decision about, you know, not stepping out of our comfort zone. But I think to elaborate on that, it's not only that we enjoy our comfort zone so much and that we're in love with it and that we want to stay in it for, you know, forever. I think a lot of people or all of us kind of wish we were stepping out of our comfort zone more than we actually are. Or, you know, we we're trying, but we're not really doing it or we keep on thinking about it, but it never like results in like a factual action um and i think all of that stems from fear honestly like it the majority of these reasons can come down to fear and it's it can be different types of fear so for example fear of being mocked or laughed at so you know if you if you've been thinking about starting running but you know you're not in a great physical shape or you haven't ever went on a single run or run like three kilometers in Um, in a row then you may feel very anxious about stepping outside and you know sweating and everyone seeing you and feeling like, like everyone's looking at you or for example you know asking a question in class like you want to ask a question but at the same time you're like oh well will people think it's stupid should i know the answer maybe you shouldn't you know i shouldn't have asked it um things like that the other the other fear is fear of being uncomfortable or fear of awkwardness i think for me actually this is quite a big thing surprisingly it's often in case with people especially so for example going on dates like I'm not saying that I haven't been on like you know a huge amount of dates in my life but the ones I've went to with people I you know didn't know that well like I know I want to go out on a date but then the moment I actually have to get ready and step you know like go to the meeting and the the time before the meeting is actually like I dread it so much because I'm always so scared that we're not gonna have topics to talk about and that it's gonna be awkward and for some reason I just despise awkwardness like it just makes me so uncomfortable and it often results in me like like I hate, you know, quiet, like, you know, when you're like talking to someone and you like run out of topics to talk about or there's just like, you know, a space between two topics and there's like a little bit of quiet, I hate that and I know it's bad because it often results in me just like shit talking or just like talking about stuff I don't want to talk about, just saying whatever to fill in the silence but it's kind of stupid because maybe I'm trying to do this thing where I just don't talk and maybe let the other person Say something in the silence, you know, not always be the person who will break it first um, because they may have something interesting to say about actually. And the third thing that comes to my mind is fear of failure, you know, if when especially when it comes down to trying new things, so let it be drawing or a sports or a hobby, a, an instrument, starting with it, it's always, you know, kind of, you know, it's very unfamiliar grounds. We don't know if. We're going to be good at it, good in it and or not. And the truth is, if you're a beginner in anything, you're probably going to fail a lot of times before you even become like intermediate level or let alone advanced. Um And because we like being good at what we're doing, that's like inherent to our nature, it often results in us being scared of failing and trying something that we're not actually good at because then... It can feel like, you know, we're back on square one. So overall, I would say that all the points I so far mentioned about these fears is that whenever this new situation arises and we have a choice whether to go into it, like make that uncomfortable decision that will put us outside of our comfort zone or whether we should stay inside of it, we usually tend to expect expect the worst possible outcome, which in reality, if we actually think about the numbers and the possibility of it happening, it's almost never the case, like 999 percent. So even like the examples I've already brought up. So for example, like the date going out on a date, you know, I, as I said, been on a couple of dates. Some were better, some were worse. But it was ne- it never went as bad as I thought? Like it never was like you know we never we didn't have anything to talk about. You know, war states I've been on were just quite boring and I just never talked to them again. But was it that horrible? I don't think so. Like, as as soon as I I actually start talking to that second human being in front of me, even if it's like, I guess, supposedly romantic, you know, it's actually normal. Like, there's nothing that scary about it. So a lot of it, I would say, comes down to irrational thinking and overthinking as well. Um, Which, you know, it's kind of like a paradox because... Yes, we all know it's irrational. Yes, I can tell you as many times as I want that it's irrational that it has no correlation to the actual world. But, you know, these thoughts can have power over us and can actually determine our final decision. And I think it's very important to, first of all, be aware of that. And maybe the good thing is actually to ask yourself, like, realistically, what is the worst thing that can happen? Like, what is the worst thing that can happen? in that situation you're going through. So for example, you want to try get playing guitar, you you know, going to your first guitar lesson. The worst thing that will happen is that you don't like it and you think like, no, not, it's not really for me, like I expected something else. So you never go to another class again, period. It happened. So you tried it. Is it that bad? Was it that terrible? Probably not. Or you go to a new restaurant again, like you you buy something that you never bought before, like a meal from a new cuisine. And it's disgusting, like you hate it. So, you know, you just don't eat much or you don't finish it and you just never, never go there again. You, that's the thing, like whenever we do something that turns out to be actually, you know, unpleasant or we thought it was going to be better, but it's not really. We're still, you know, like remember that we're in control of our lives. So if something's not bringing us pleasure, if we don't like something, doing something, hang out with someone, we don't ever have to do it again. And uh, it's just that one time that you actually should push yourself to try it so you actually know whether you like it or not. Like, that's a big part of my whole argument of why is it important to step out of your comfort zone because it helps you actually, well, helps you. It is the only thing that enables you to know whether you like something or not, whether it's a thing for you, whether it suits your personality or not. Um, and through that, you can expand and, you know, actually get to know who you are. I really went on a tangent here and I skipped a couple of things I wanted to say so let me circle back to what I was saying about the fears. For example the fear of being mocked or laughed at you know like when we think that everyone will look at us and think like oh she has no idea what she's talking about or he's so stupid and actually here is like kind of a tough pill to swallow but nobody cares about you (laughs) and I don't mean it in like a cynic way obviously people you know your friends your family care about you I'm just saying people who you don't know or, you know, just people who pass through your lives, they don't pay that much attention to you. They don't pay pay nearly as much as attention to your actions, your looks, the way you behave as you do. It may like go through their head like, oh, that was funny or like, oh, that was weird. But like the thought just like comes into their mind, escapes it. And it probably doesn't linger there for much more because they're probably busy with thinking about themselves. (laughs) So you know, it's again, like, it's hard to stop caring about what other people think. You know, it may be like a lifelong journey even to kind of get to that point where you actually don't care what other people think about you. But, you know, just like, take take a step back and look at it from a perspective. Like, do you actually care about other people that much? Like, do you, if you would see someone failing or falling or doing something a bit embarrassing, would you think about it for the whole day and be like, oh my god, they're so stupid. Like, I literally, that was just hilarious. Like, they must have embarrassed themselves so much. No, you don't do that. No one does that. We don't care about that. So turn the situation around. And, you know, no one cares about the failures and the mistakes that you do. And when it comes to fear of failure, this is the point where I could kind of turn into, like, a life coach. Um, But it's, you know, like, the the reality is you have to accept that you're going to fail multiple times in your life. Like, you're probably going to fail 10 times or 20 times more than you succeed, actually. Um, and it's inevitable and every failure I guess brings you closer to a success so even if that's practicing something if that's exercising you always you know you may think you failed but you actually learned something from that failure probably and that in turn will help you to succeed somewhere in the future that was probably the cheesiest cringiest thing that I th- said but it's true I stand by it and so i actually made a poll on my instagram um wait let me open my phone i asked you guys a few questions um about like related i guess to the topic of comfort zone and stepping outside of it and by the way if this this is like a little um shameless plug if you want to participate in future surveys and you know just like wanna be more engaged with the podcast then definitely do follow me on instagram it's at heartfelt so I, the first question I asked was, do you make an effort to step out of your comfort zone, like an active effort? And out of all the people who answered the question, 71% said yes, and 29% said no. Um, and the next question I asked was, are you usually glad that you tried something new slash stepped out of your comfort zone? And here it's an overwhelming majority. So 90% of people said yes and 10% of people said no. And I think the second question is kind of like a good reminder for us all that it's not even like a 50-50% of chance that you're gonna be glad that you took that uncomfortable decision, let's say, that you stepped out of your comfort zone. You're like, there's you know, it's it's most likely that you will be glad, even if, like, as I said, it wasn't the most fun experience or if your expectations of it were different, which will probably be often the case because, you know, it's unpredictable. You're afterwards, when you kind of, you know, you go back home from that said date or, you know, you go back from that class or you think about what you did this day that, you know, kind of put you in this situation where you weren't really comfortable or you were, you know, kind of taking a leap of faith, then you're probably going to be like, yeah, I'm glad I did it. Like I learned something or, you know, I, I felt like I, I made a step in the right direction. I kind of pushed myself and I'm proud of myself for that. So there is lo- like, there's basically like a guaranteed satisfaction with the choice that you will make. It's almost guaranteed that you'll be glad that you made that choice, which I think it's not often the case with a lot of choices we face in life because, you know, it's very, it can be very 50-50, but in this case, like, Literally, everyone agrees with me, probably like most people. Okay, so in this next part, I would like to um, get a bit deeper into the question of like the question that I guess I posed in the title of this podcast episode, which is why is it that our comfort zone is actually killing us and is harming us? Because I, I do agree with that. As I said, like I don't think it's just a passive thing. Stepping out of your comfort zone is good, and staying in your comfort zone is neutral. It's rather. Going outside of your comfort zone is very beneficial, whereas staying in it will eventually harm you and lead to bad things and will disable you from, you know, a lot of opportunities and will take them away from you. So that's really a point I would like to emphasize that it may be called the comfort zone, which really, like, you know, the message behind it, that, like it's trying to convey, is like, it's a very comfortable place, you'll always be good, you'll always feel good there but it's not really that. Um, So I think that the name itself is quite like, it's accurate, but it's misleading at the same time. I think that our inherent desire to stay within um, our comfort zone will always eventually lead us to making safe choices and never taking risks. And as much as risk-taking is like an individual thing, I guess, like some people like it more, some people like it less, some people hate it. It's kind of inevitable to take risks in life because life itself is unpredictable and if you always stick to if you never take risks then you will not you will be very uncomfortable with any you know changing variables so if sometimes in the future you will be presented with with a situation that's very different from what you're familiar with if you've never really taken like a you know a little step outside of your comfort zone that's going to be very hard for you to handle and you're not going to even be able to adjust to it well so by making these quote-unquote safe choices you're essentially minimizing the unpredictability of life thinking that it's a good thing but it it's not at all because as i said life is unpredictable and you can either practice i guess adjusting to it and becoming comfortable with being uncomfortable rather than avoiding it like fire. And then when life will force you to do it, because I said it will, you know, a good example would be COVID. Um, Yeah, we all know it. Then you're not going to be able to adjust to it, as I said. Not only that, but you're also not going to change, evolve or develop. You will not learn new things. You will not acquire new skills. You'll basically be the same person and you know on the on the flip side maybe this like random new hobby that you're thinking of trying but you're kind of scared to do it maybe it'll turn out to be like your life passion and you will want to do it as a career or maybe that guy or girl you like you know you're thinking about going on a date with but you're not sure and you want to cancel maybe they will like turn out to be your future boyfriend or girlfriend like would you rather give it a chance or would you rather resign from it before even trying just because you're scared of feeling uncomfortable or you know of of, of someone thinking something bad about you um, and I know that this point that I just mentioned it's kind of dramatic and it's very like blown up and obviously not probably the majority of people you go out on dates with will not prove to be your boyfriend in the future or you know you you're not gonna discover your passion on the first thing you try out of that's out of your comfort zone but it's a trial and error, and eventually, if we say we make like a hundred small decisions, maybe two of them will, you know, turn out to be these life-changing ones. But how do you know which ones will that be? And how can you be certain that by not taking a certain decision, you're not you're actually stepping out from that one decision that might have changed the, like the course of your life? Um, I, I think it's just something like good to talk, think about. I, it's, it's not good to overthink it because then you'll have like huge expectations of whatever you do. But it is kind of true in a way that small decisions lead to big outcomes. And maybe ninety percent of those small decisions will not, but this ten or two percent will eventually. And I think circling back to what I just said about um, not learning anything new and not, you know, acquiring any new skills. If you don't do that, if you don't step out of your comfort zone, you're going to be pretty much the same person because you're not ever changing and evolving. You're not becoming deeper. You're not really having new aspects to your personality, things like that. And like for me, the prospect of being the same person like in one year's time, like exactly the same person or very familiar, like very, very similar to what I am now. It's quite daunting and it's quite terrifying for me, actually, Like, I would, like, I would hate to be the same person. And I'm very much, like, I draw a lot of satisfaction in life from, like, seeing the progress I made in life. And, like, I really, like, I, that's kind of just, like, my guilty pleasure or just, like, a pleasure, I'd say, to, like, compare where I was then and where I am now. And it's just very motivating and to see that, like, all of this, these, like, little decisions that put you outside of your comfort zone, that they eventually amounted to you becoming maybe not a whole new different person but you know to becoming a better version of yourself and actually seeing like some progress and changes for the better if you always stay in your comfort zone or like do it for the majority of the time because you're scared or whatever the reason may be you're gonna have probably a lot of regrets and regrets are literally again like the worst thing lack of change and regrets are two things i may hate the most okay maybe not in the world but in this context I'm, I'm definitely like an overthinker. I don't think that's a surprise to anyone. I have a, like a freaking podcast where I just talk to myself for an hour every week or every two weeks. But um, a lot of things I th- overthink, I guess, or think about a lot is the decisions I could have made but haven't, like the leaps of faith I didn't make or something that, you know, I wish I have done in the past, but I haven't. And maybe it's not that much anymore, because as I will be telling like a bit more i will be talking a bit more about that in um in a sec because now i'm just like i'm much better with with being comfortable with being uncomfortable stepping out of your comfort zone my comfort zone um but i used to not be and it would lead me to just like a lot of regrets and whenever you are kind of like in doubt of whether you know you should take that decision then just think about like your future you and that you she or he will probably be very much grateful and thankful Thankful if you make that decision, because it's always much easier to look at things from time's perspective, right? And I also asked you on Instagram, coming back to the survey, if you have any regrets about the things you haven't done because you were scared or uncertain of them. And 89% said yes, and 11% said no. So again, I think I'm not alone in that. I think a lot of us have regrets, and I think the best way to minimize those is to yeah, say yes as often as you can and and take those decisions. It's a cliche and I already said it at the beginning of this episode, but all the growing happens outside of your comfort zone, all the development, like literally all of it. So if it helps for anyone, if I were to visualize it, I would draw like a small circle and I would call that comfort zone and I think everything that's outside of this, you know, circle is the non-comfort zone, you know, the opposite of the comfort zone basically. So the unknown and then the thing is, it's called stepping out of your comfort zone, but it doesn't mean that, you know, you step out of it, you're there for a second and you go back to it. But the thing is, whatever thing you do, whenever you take that step and, you know, go through that experience, I guess, or whatever thing you're doing outside that's out of outside of your comfort zone, then... After you've done it, it automatically kind of like expands your previous comfort zones. So so in the end, it will be bigger but by that one unit, by that one and that additional experience. And then as you make more of those decisions, as you keep on pushing yourself to step out of your comfort zone, you're going to, the circle is going to just expand and expand and expand. And in a couple of years time, you're going to like look back on it and see how, just how much you've already tried and how many things you are comfortable with that would never go through your head that you would think were, impossible the things you're now doing whether that's i don't know like public speaking or like coming up to strangers at parties and talking to them or i don't know singing in public something that you always wanted to do but was always like terrified to do um and it's not often you know just like one big decision that will change it maybe before you start performing on the street maybe you know sing to someone you know or you know if you've never like sang in front of anyone else again like i'm just throwing examples at the top of my head Um, It's all a process and it's, you know, it's one step that adds to another and another and another and time will pass quickly and you'll look back and you'll really be surprised and probably proud of yourself for how much you've achieved. Just by expanding your comfort zone, I would say. And lastly, as I said, I kind of want to touch about, you know, like approach the topic from a more personal perspective. I don't want to just, again, make it like a motivational speech about you. But I kind of like want to give you concrete examples of why, like how I practice, I guess, stepping out of my comfort zone. And also why I think it's so important, like how, like what actual things and realizations made me want to talk about this subject, I would say. um. So I'd say like looking back at my life, <laughs> this sounds very dramatic, but um, I I'm, I was usually like, I, I still am, I guess, like a person of comfort and habit. Like I quite like the predictability of life. Um, but now I've definitely also learned to like the unpredictability, which I think is actually, it sounds like a paradox, but I think both are possible. Um, but in the past, like before, I guess, before I was 16, I always just liked you know the the comfortable option and not really i wasn't even like really keen on stepping out of my comfort zone it's not like i was scared or something like i just had no interest in it but then when like around the time i was like i turned 16 i guess i went to like i started high school uh i went to a whole new school that was like a much bigger one than the one i was in previously that i attended for like three years so it was a whole new environment you know I was getting a bit older, you know, 16 is not old, but, you know, people are trying new things at that age often, they're starting to go to parties, or drink, or do other things, and, you know, it's kind of like a lot of new um stimuli, I would say, and I realized pretty quickly on that, like, I'm either gonna be the same person and avoid all of these new things, and, you know, just try to adopt my little cocoon to this new environment and kind of, you know, adjust it, like, very slightly, but still stay kind of, like, the same. Or I can just, like, go all way into it and kind of give myself up for it and see what will happen. And, um, again, like, it wasn't some huge, major, bold decision that I made about, like, being a completely different person. But, for, so, for example, like, that's the something I want to talk about is, like, I think in my first year of high school, I started um, going to debate club. Um, I didn't actually go for that long. Um, And again, like what I said, I regret that I didn't. Because the thing is, I started going to debate club and I quickly realized that it's something I very much like. like. I like talking again. I like arguing my point. And it's very, like, exciting and, I guess, intellectually stimulating to me. And I've only attended maybe, like... Like, I wasn't that big in, on it. I I've got, I, I went to, like, a couple of tournaments, but they were quite small. I went to, like, a few lessons, but eventually I stopped going because, basically, I started going there with, like, a group of girlfriends I made, like, you know, early on in my first year of high school. Um, And I was just kind of, you know, we were all go, like, together, but then they stopped going and then I felt like... Again, like I was scared to go by myself. I felt like you know, just, just like it was much more comfortable with them. So I just stopped going, even though I actually liked it. And again, I regret it because I think if I were to carry on with it, I would le- have learned so much. Like it was, it was a huge learning experience for me, even though it lasted very little. So I think I would say that like debates in debate club was like my, literally my first experience with like topics such as international relations politics culture like those you know when you like actually realize that there was a world outside of you and there are like things knowledge to be acquired outside of textbooks as well and you know fiction books um and i think like literally i, I i'm gonna be pretty straightforward like i didn't know what leaving like left or right is like politically i'm not saying like direction i wasn't that stupid but i'm just saying like i I literally came there and I was forced to debate about some political systems and I didn't even know what does it mean to be leftist or rightist, you know, and, and it was it was very uncomfortable and it was very scary, but, like, nothing really, you know, none, no no bad consequences came out of it and I definitely was put in situations which were quite, you know, you may think about them as embarrass- embarrassing. Eh, embarrassing. So, for example, I as I said, I, I participated in, like, a couple of tournaments and in one of them, because basically for the debates I was doing, you had... It, it, like you were provided with some knowledge but like they also assumed like a basic understanding and of like you know the outside world I guess and I think there was some debate with like a historical context I don't really particularly remember but it was something that's probably like w- quite well known but because I had I literally had no idea what what it was or knew anything about it my teammate didn't as well because you have to do it in Paris and we weren't we weren't really like you you know you don't you're not supposed to go on your phone when you're preparing like we literally talked shit (laughs) like people who were listening to us us included and the judges all probably knew that we were talking shit and that we know nothing of this but we had to be serious and be like "Mm -hmm, yeah that's like I agree fully with it and it was quite you know it was quite I felt quite stupid um and these people probably thought that for a second but you know then like I kind of it pushed me even though I felt so bad afterwards like it kind of pushed me to maybe learn something about the outside world you know like it it was like a big push for me and it made me you know want to listen to like news podcasts and be more aware of what's happening outside of my little world in Poland and that was very very eye-opening and then what kind of happened because I, as I said I stopped going to the Bay Club but thank god there was another thing that kind of substituted that intellectual stimuli I would say for me so basically I'm not sure if you're familiar with ME1 conferences ME1 stands for Model United Nations. These conferences are organized like all over the world and basically, as the name suggests, it's supposed to imitate um, the actual like debates, the actual proceedings of United Nations. So that's why it's called like Model United Nations because you're kind of like role playing as you were a part of the United Nations. So basically during the conference, there's like a few committees which are like real actual UN committees. So for example, like we have UNICEF or unodc and um when you go to the conference as a participant you represent one country you're like a delegate of that country and you know there's like always a topic for each committee and then you have to take like the point view viewpoint of your country and not not your personal view that's an important like thing you have to take the viewpoint of your country so if you're china um, you have to kind of represent i guess xi jinping's views so it's very um it's a very interesting experience and basically why the reason i'm talking about it so in my first year of high school, I remember the people who were, because basically I attended IB, maybe quite a few of you know it, but, um, yeah, I, I did IB, so the people who were, so IB stands for, like, it's a, it's a high school program, like, kind of, like, A-level, it's just a different version, but yeah, people who were in the year above me, um, in IB, in the same class, they organized an MUN at my city, and it was, like, the first, like, moment I like found out about what it was and they were you know kind of promoting it around that school our school they were like walking around and being like oh yeah you should the guys like sign up as delegates it's gonna be really fun and at first I was like okay okay I'm gonna sign up for it then I f- I remember I found out that you have to pay for it to be a delegate and I was almost like no I'm not gonna do it like it's not worth it it's not worth the 20 pounds um ticket for it um but then eventually like people convinced me and I was um, I also convinced Aniela to go with me even like a lot of people from like first years like went um, to the conference and um, it was again like it was a completely new experience for me and a lot of people actually like in Poland the culture is like usually go around to different cities as well like it wasn't just people from my city there was around like a hundred participants so like delegates at the first conference and I remember, like, the people who were in my committee, um, some of them were from Warsaw, and some of them definitely already, like, attended a couple others' MUNs in their lives, so they they knew what they were doing. And I was just there, so, so scared and paranoid. Like, not paranoid, I was just so anxious to speak, because, you know, like, during the debates, you're actually, like, encouraged, and you should raise your flag and, like, your voice and actually say something and contribute to, like, the debate. But I was just, like i really felt like i was you know i had no idea what was going on like i would embarrass myself like these people would literally think i'm fucking dumb and i probably said one thing and i was just so terrified to even like publicly speak let alone like represent a country you know like obviously metaphorically um but yeah that was just a very very anxious filled experience i would say but afterwards i remember that i loved my time at the conference because it obviously it wasn't just like the debates there was also like club nights and you were also like socialized with people on breaks but it really again like it was very uncomfortable but it definitely like opened my eyes to the kind of person i could be because i was looking in, in my comedy like i specifically remember this there was this girl um who was very confident and she was talking a lot and she was i think she represented like france or something and she was like a badass bitch basically and she i think she won one award from my committee and I remember just thinking like I want to be her like I want to be this vocal about things I want to be able to talk about international relations in the same way that she does and have that much knowledge and to have people think about me as I did about her so after that I, I again like I started listening to more news and I I started reading more non books and you know I kind of become, became more interested in that topic and and then me and my friends kind of the ones who actually had like a positive experience as well we also decided to start going to other MUNs and fast forward I've been like to nine MUNs in my life it was a I would say it was a huge part of my um, high school experience um, they were literally sometimes like the only thing that was keeping me going through high school like I was just counting down to another one um, I made so many friends there that I know to this day, and, like, I, you know, like, I know them because they're studying in London, because it's a lot of people from, like, doing IB as well, as I said, or people who just want to study abroad, because basically all MUNs are held in English, um, even though it's happening in Poland. And, uh, you know, on these MUNs, I even won, like, two or three awards. Like, I, be- I, you know, I became very vocal. I was speaking up a lot. Like, sometimes I really felt like I was, you know, like, the the most eloquent person in the committee and you know that may be my big ego speaking but I really gained so much confidence over the past over the time and it was obviously gradual but I think it 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 was like a huge change for me from being so anxious and so shy to just being able to speak publicly and I actually enjoy public speaking now thanks to this experience and like it ended up with me organizing my own conference i forgot to mention that but eventually like next year a year basically from the time i participated in my first mu1 i made my own conference so that was just you know a 180 degrees change that i would never like, expect happening to me you know just thought like what would happen if i decided that like oh it's not worth it you know it's 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 20 pounds or like oh like, it's it's weird like it's debates in english like why would i do it or if i went to that one MUN and never went to another one again because I would be just so embarrassed about it. It would probably take away so much fun that I had and I would not meet all these people. And like, as I said, some decisions will have smaller... Some decisions that you make will not really have any impact on your life, like the majority of them. But some decisions may have a huge impact on your life. And I think that's one of them, definitely. Um, Another one that just comes to my head is, for example... I think in uh, twenty summer of 2019, I already had a YouTube channel for a couple of years, but I was always recording videos in Polish, and then I had a thought one day, I remember it so vividly, like, I was like, mm, maybe, like, I kind of want my videos to reach a wider audience, because I feel like there's a potential in that, and I feel like they, you know, I would like to connect with those people as well, so I started making videos in English, which was a big change, it was, it was quite, you know, like, maybe not a huge thing, but, you know, I... People from my school who knew me like it was probably a bit weird to them that I was starting like to talk in English, even though like all of my audience was polish um but I stuck through it I was like no i'm i'm gonna I'm gonna see what happens um I enjoy it, I guess, and then you know, I came to London still making videos in English, and it, it, literally like one of my videos blew up or the other one did uh blew up is maybe like a bit of an overstatement, but, you know, they, they got quite popular. And then I gained like this new, whole new audience, which was there only because I was talking in English, obviously. Should I... If I were making videos in Polish, it probably wouldn't have expanded nearly as much as it did. And, you know, it, eventually it, it enabled me like to do my own podcast. Like, it's it's not like I couldn't do my own podcast if not for that. But again, like, I wouldn't have done it if not for my YouTube channel because it made me so much more comfortable with talking, with talking in English... And it was just a smile, like, tiny decision that was I, I was unsure of, that was kind of, you know, made me feel a bit uncomfortable or, like, required some, like, I guess, courage to upload that first video when I was just talking in English. But it, it got me places, I guess. It, it opened so many opportunities and it really, really like, changed my life, I would say. Because, you know, YouTube is a huge part of my life right now. Not, maybe not the biggest one, but it definitely is a constant in my life um as well as the podcast it's slowly becoming that as well especially the muns but also like the youtube example these are the ones that i can think of right now there's probably like tons and tons more because uh, i kind of like when i didn't go on a tangent but i kind of forgot that i was (laughs) talking about conference zone but basically um yeah as i started doing that around like as i said like high school and kept on doing that like it's kind of like uh addictive in a way like what I would like to say, it's it's, be- it's it's definitely becomes easier because you kind of like start noticing actual like benefits of stepping out of your comfort zone and you start pushing yourself more and you know, like you kind of start expecting, like you realize basically that there is like a positive outcome to be gained if you step out of your comfort zone. Um, And that's what I did exactly. Like, I started realizing that it's really changing me. And I was like, yeah, I want to keep going. Like, I want to see where it gets me. And I started making more of these decisions and making more uncomfortable choices. And expanding my comfort zone kind of, like, every day with, like, the tiniest decisions. Uh, And I'm not saying I'm some crazy person and I always take the risks. And I, like, never stay inside of my comfort zone. Because that's definitely true. But I definitely am much more... um, what is it called not risk averse the opposite the opposite of that like i'm much more open to risk and like unfamiliar unknown than i was before um like these days it it's really like a lot of things come much easier from examples from the past like recent weeks so for example going to society taster sessions which are basically like trial classes like alone a lot of people, like, I know my friends, some of them, like, wanted to try things, but they wouldn't go because, you know, they don't want to go alone, or speaking up in class, like, uh, I don't know, I had a macro lecture, or micro lecture, I don't remember, and I was, like, thinking about asking a question, and I was, like, oh, it's gonna be kind of, like, uh, what if I should have known that, like, what if people would, like, think, well, who, what is she talking about, but I asked the question, you know, like, I spoke up in class, and nothing happened, or... One of the modules I've taken this year actually is philosophy class. And I've never done philosophy in my life. So it's kind of like, um, you know, I'm not really sure what to expect of it. I'm going to have to write a philosophy essay. I absolutely don't know how it's going to go. But it's something new. It's something that I wanted to try out for a long time. And I finally decided to do so. Or two days ago, actually, like I went out for drinks with a girl I just met from my course. Like I literally did not really know her at all basically it uh, it was actually very fun and i and i liked it and now we're like s- still talking so you know it's things like that and as i said it's not probably never ever gonna be actually easy because that's the whole point of it it's, it's not meant to be easy but it would get easier because because at, at the beginning you may not even like notice the potential benefits of stepping out of your comfort zone you may like your comfort zone so much that you do you have like no actual interest in stepping out of it the thing that changes then if you do it more and more often if you practice it daily is that you gain more self-confidence and actually become excited at the prospect of like unknown or unfamiliar or uncomfortable even um and i think that's like a huge change in perspective that that i really appreciate that i had because now i know that like the, the the situations i will be facing with my life and i'm probably gonna have a lot of opportunities i guess to make those uncomfortable choices but um at least now I I feel much more comforted knowing that, like, I am comfortable with being uncomfortable, that I am willing to make these decisions, and I am actually doing them, actively pursuing them, and yeah, I think that's a good place to be in, and I really wish upon all of you that, um, if you feel like you're not yet there, or, like, you wish you were stepping out of your comfort zone more, like, I really hope that you will try it, try to do it a bit more, like, even the tiniest steps counts like again getting very coachy i know okay i'm not gonna ramble for any longer because i don't even need to sum it up i think i think i got my message through basically um so yeah <laughs> that was everything in my podcast episode thank you very much for listening to me again and thank you for getting me to 10th episode i mean sort of getting me i guess i got myself here but um yeah thank you for supporting me uh along the way and engaging with the podcast, I really appreciate it, and actually, when I posted, like, the last episode that went up, which was uh, Love Languages, and I posted it on my Instagram, like, I think, like, three people put it on their stories, and were, like, showed, like, took a picture of what they were doing, and, like, put my podcast screenshot in, like, the background, and literally made my day, like, I was so happy that you guys did it, like, it was just, like, wow, people are, actually, like, listening to it on their walks or something, like, my voice is literally in their head, like, for an hour, which was quite, like, funny, because, you know, I know that you're listening to it, but, you know, seeing it is different, it's just, like, meeting people who watch me in person, it's quite a different experience, um, but, yeah, um, if you have any questions, or would like to give a bit of your feedback, or, you know, whatever, then, uh, definitely, again, do follow me on my Instagram, at heartfeltpod, drop me a DM or a comment, and, yeah, um, I'll talk to you soon, bye-bye! Thank you.